0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is the 3rd of July, Wednesday, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter, More About Alcoholism. And we are on page 38, and we will be starting with the second paragraph. You may think our illustration And today's readers are 12 Steps, Rose, 12 Traditions, Margaret, Eileen, Michelle, Sharon, Judy, and Fran. And the share code for yesterday is 4731, 4731. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strengths, and hope, People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through, the abs- through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Rose to please read the 12 Steps.
1: Thank you. This is Rose, grateful, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 6 were entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of character 7 humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings 8 made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all 9 made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others 10 As the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass.
0: Thank you, Rose. I will now ask Margaret Kay to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Margaret, recovery in South Jersey. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Six, an OA group ought never endures finance or lend an OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA is such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, our readers Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our, OA, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, IPS.
0: Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your commenting to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your comment to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your commenting be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 on mute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, on page 38, and we are beginning with the second paragraph that says you may think our illustration, and I will ask Eileen to begin reading, please. Okay, thanks, Monica. Uh,
3: You may think our illustration is too ridiculous,
2: but is it? We who have been through the ringer have to admit if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustration would fit us exactly however intelligent we may have been in our other respects. Where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. It's strong language, but isn't it true? Good morning, this is Eileen, Food Addict Living the Solution today from Bedford, Mass. Um, No ability to stop yourself from starting. I never have the ability. In the illustration, it's insane. It's ridiculous about a gentleman going out into the street and jaywalking uh, and hurting himself severely each and every time. But that's exactly what the alcoholic or the compulsive overeater would do. I know I did it. You know, I was led to the solution many, many years ago and I knew what it was. I could relate to everybody in that room talking about stuffing their feelings down with the food, but I couldn't stop. That's the insanity of what people have spoken about, the mental mental phenomenon, you know, um, that you just keep on going out there and picking up. And uh, the illustration for jaywalking, it it fits us exactly. You know, we know better, but we still go out and do it. Uh, And our intelligence can't save us. You know, understanding what we're doing doesn't matter. Where alcohol's been involved or sugar and flour We are strangely insane. That's all I can say is that it is insanity. But living the solution today, it is 150 times better. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Eileen. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph?
4: This is Katie from Boston.
0: Go ahead, Katie.
4: Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you for allowing me to be of service this morning. Um, to be honest, I had a spiritual awakening with this um, reading when I came to this part of the book um, with my sponsor. I had had it smashed home to me, you know, that I really am a, a, a compulsive overeater, and I am truly insane um, in my thinking. Um, I have an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, Um But what really hit home to me when I was in this part of the reading was not actually always my behavior with food. It was my behavior as an abstinent woman. Um, one of the things that I saw is that just like the jaywalker, I found solutions as a woman in recovery, or so I thought as a woman in recovery, that that I thought were my solutions to life, that were that were human powers. So I found a job, and four, I found the same job in four different areas with the same title, and rationalized to myself and everybody around me, oh, it's going to be different this time, you know, and I'm and I'm not going to get hit by a car and I'm not going to get run over. I'm not going to get pulled, pulled to the you know, um, manager's office and told, Katie, you have no people skills. What, do you, like, what, what are you thinking that you can talk to people um, like this? And when I read this part about jaywalking, when I inserted my solutions to my life because I you know, was dieting the OA diet and I thought, okay, so now I need to get my stuff. Where's my man? Where's my job? Where's my this? Why? Because I was still inserting human powers as my solution for my disease, but they're not. They're not my solution. God is. And um, it was really, really incredible to see that, not just where food has been involved. Yes, where food is involved... I was strangely insane, and that in in all areas of my life, my sponsor really smashed home to me: like I I am insane. You know, yes, I can be functional in certain areas, but um, you know, I I put the cart before the horse. I think that um, things outside of me are going to fix me and make me better, and they don't. Just like with the food, you know, the food will never will never fix me, and and it is insane for me to go back and pick up the food, despite. And I can have that knowledge and do it numerous times it is insane for me as well to substitute other things Um, you know the only solution today in my life thank you god any problem i have the solution is god uh, and with that i pass
0: thank you katie would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph
5: hi it's linda from connecticut i'd like to share by me go go ahead linda good morning monica hi everybody uh, I'm Linda from Connecticut, and I am, thank God, a recovered compulsive overeater. The word "insane," I <clears throat> talked about it last week too. I had trouble with it because it's almost old-fashioned. It's not a word that uh, mental health people use. Uh, well, at any rate, um, but I, I understood the idea of very erratic behavior and stuff, and I had to sub-worked for me self destructiveness if i looked at the self destructiveness in my eating then i could think of it as insanity because it's so anti life normal people healthy minded people don't self destruct they don't cut they don't overeat or undereat they don't drink to excess so that's what i worked with and as has been said before me uh once i went through the steps and i Uh, particularly the fourth step and fifth step with my sponsors over the years, I could see the the crazy thinking in that it too was self-destructive. And my being driven, being compulsive would leak from, for lack of a better term, would leak from one thing to another. So if I wasn't overeating under stress, I was shopping. And it wasn't awful, but it wasn't good. It wasn't it was self-destructive i wasn't managing things correctly you know responsibly and i had a lot of growing up to do or i'd uh, i'd be seeking a man and i'm single and i'd pick definitely a serial killer for sure and they're all the same it was that low self-esteem that showed up in my step work so What I'm trying to say is that I need God for every aspect of my life. Of course I'd like a partner. Of course I'd like a good job and all of that. That's God's will. But I have to let God guide me to it and check things with my sponsor and so forth if I'm not sure of the breadcrumbs that are being thrown in my path, you know, uh, the directions, in other words. Breadcrumbs maybe not a good choice. But anyway, you know what I mean, little steps that God shows you. So, um i have to ask god about every aspect of my life and i expect to be guided and i will be and i can check it with my sponsor and others
0: thank you i pass thank you linda and this is monica and i'm going to jump in here for a little bit so here we are in the chapter on more about alcoholism and again this whole chapter has to do with the obsession of the mind this abnormal thinking of ours you know this insanity of ours that we have that is a greater aspect of our disease and so in this paragraph they're trying to get across to us however intelligent we may have been in other respects where alcohol has been involved we have been strangely insane you know so however intelligent you know we've been we can be highly functional in all other areas of our life but when it comes to this area food alcohol we are in we are abnormal you know they keep using the word insane but if and and we are and we are and this is what i have to understand that however intelligent i have been in other ways when it comes to my thinking i am warped i am abnormal in this department and nothing i do or think has worked against it I'm powerless over this when that my mind starts giving me the lie that it's going to be different this time I'll be able to control it while well, I've been good for such a long time it'll be okay I be, I would believe it every time this is the insanity I believed a lie and what did that do whenever I did you know I got the same pain, the same agony, over and over and over again, and yet I continued to do the same things expecting different results. This is abnormal thinking, and this is why we need a higher power. There's greater than my abnormal thinking that can come in here and give me um, a pause so I can do something different, change. And that's what working through the steps and getting the spiritual awakening is all about. A change in your thinking, a change in your attitude. And with that, I will pass. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on?
6: It's Leia.
0: Leia, go ahead.
6: Hey, good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We who have been through the ringer have to admit if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustrations would fit us exactly. And it is exhausting, this disease. You know, this disease, it wore me out. The madness was so severe. um, I was exhausted from this lifestyle, from this vicious cycle. It says, however intelligent we may have been in other respects, where alcohol has been involved, we have been strangely insane. It's strong language, but isn't it true? Um, we're in Chapter 3 entitled More About Alcoholism, and now the big book is going to give <laughs> me, give all of us, detailed, uh, detailed education about the greater aspect of my disease, which resides between my ears. It's in my mind. So, you know, in this chapter, the big book is talking about one thing and one thing only, and that is insanity, uh, it's a good time to remember step two, which is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now, if if I had to be restored to sanity, then that indicates that I must be insane. And, you know, people think that insanity means, um, you know, once we've ingested uh, our substance, once that cellophane bag in that bakery box is empty. But actually what the big book is teaching here is the insanity that takes control of us before we pick up that first bite before we pick up that first bite. What does insanity mean? Insanity means foolishness. It means a mind that's less than whole that I can't see the truth and I make decisions based on that lie. You know, so, um, That is what the big book is trying to teach, because if we don't understand that, it's very specific. If we don't understand that, then we won't understand the necessity for the steps. What the big book is saying here is however intelligent we may have been in other respects, meaning, you know, we may possess special abilities and special skills. We might have, uh, you know high aptitudes in other areas, perhaps we have promising careers. But when it comes to this area, when it comes to this area, we are strangely insane. So insanity means that your mind is less than whole, that you can't always see the truth. And if you can see it, you can't always act on it. So insanity doesn't necessarily mean you're a raving maniac or that you need to be put away. It just means that you're not quite all there. So when it comes to alcohol, alcoholics definitely seem to be not quite all there. They may be very intelligent, and they may be perfectly sane in all other areas of their life, and they may make the right decisions and take right actions when it comes to other areas of their life. But with alcohol, they have difficulty seeing the truth and acting on it, and it's the same for compulsive overeaters. Compulsive overeaters might make great decisions in other areas of their life, but when it comes to their specific binge foods, killer foods, trigger foods, they have difficulty seeing the truth. So chapter three is devoted to examples of people who believe that lie that they could safely drink, and they picked up based on that lie. It's the same thing for us. We pick up, even though we know the pain, even though though we know the suffering, even though I had the consequences, the insanity appears in the conscious mind of the compulsive overeater before he ingests that substance. So that is the greater aspect of the disease. And until I understand that, I'm not going to understand the urgency and the necessity of these steps. And that was true, you know, until this this big until uh, my disease beat me to a pulp, and I was willing to implement these very specific
0: directions in my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Michelle, would you read, please?
3: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Michelle H, recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. Some of you are thinking. Yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. We have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Thanks for the information. And so, um, <clears throat> this paragraph is put here right after they, um, you know, right after they've said um, that we we are strangely we have been strangely insane, and they're asking us um, to agree. You know, we know it's strong language, but isn't it true? And um, and then they tell us what they know. We're, what we're thinking because they've been there too, they've been through this recovery process. They're now recovered, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking that it didn't fully apply to me, okay, yeah, this is true, and um, but it doesn't fully apply. Um, I was looking for ways that I looked different instead of the ways that I was alike I was um, i you know I've been told I need to learn to identify in, and in this process i'm I'm trying to identify out by looking for ways that I'm different okay, so i I, I wasn't two hundred pounds overweight. Um, I wasn't 100 pounds overweight when I came in. I was close to that. But, hey, I, you know, I haven't gone as far down as you guys have gone, so I'm different. I am different. Um, I've, not gone to, I've not gone to the, the same extremes. Uh, my story is a little different than yours. I'm, I am the same in that I've had that phenomenon of craving when I've ingested um, my trigger foods. And, yes, indeed, you know, I, I wasn't able to stop. And um, I've implemented a lot of diets like the rest of, um, rest of the folks, but I'm, somehow I'm different because somehow I think that I've, I've got still some control and I haven't lost everything. Um, again, I, I was um, also having some diluted thoughts um, because where was I in my relationships? They weren't the best. Um, things weren't really good, but I wasn't looking at that because I had not yet gone down to the bottom, and I don't intend to you know i have all these intentions again i'm i'm thinking i'm in control it's this delusion and thank you for the information thanks for the information um i understand myself so well and um and again this this is saying okay we know exactly what you're going to think and we're going to tell you we know where you're going to go um but they're saying this because you know if i go there and i stay there and i don't identify in and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get to the solution. I'm going to find all the ways that I'm different. I'm going to rely continue to rely on myself, uh, which is my intellect and my way of thinking. And my way of thinking always took me back to restlessness, irritability, and discontent, and that always took me back to the food. And I was staying in that vicious circle and that and that cycle. And so, you know, am I going to identify in? Am I going to have an open mind? and say, yes, um, I am just like you guys. I am just like my fellows. I am a real compulsive overeater, and um, I need to listen. I need to pay attention because these recovered folks who are writing this book have gone before me, and um, they're telling me this doesn't work. This doesn't work to just take the information and run with it and think again that my mind is, is going to produce something different this time because it will not. It doesn't matter what I intend. It doesn't matter how successful my intellect has taken me in other areas of my life. Um, if I don't believe these recovered folks that, um, that this applies to me, that I, I am the same, I'm going to get the same results if I keep doing the same thing, and, and the solution is not for me to rely on myself. The solution is me uh, to become open-minded and to take these steps and learn that the solution is a power greater than myself. I have a weak mind when it comes to food, when it comes to compulsive overeating, and I need a power greater than me um, to guide me. And so, yeah, they know exactly um, what, I'm, what I'm thinking, what I did think, and by the grace of God, um, I did identify in and see that, yes, I am, a real compulsive overeater, and I wanted recovery, and I was willing to go to any length uh, to find the solution. Thanks for allowing me to share. I pass.
0: This is Reva. Thank, thank you, Michelle. And who would like to share? Katie, Janet. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I,
7: I, think,
0: I, I think I heard, okay, I heard Reva, and I heard a Katie, and we'll have to go from there. Reva. And Janet. I mean, Katie. Katie.
2: Katie, thank you. Um, Well, this um, paragraph, it does, you know, when I first read it, when I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater from Virginia, and um, when I, um, when I first read this, I thought it was ridiculous, just like when I sat in OA meetings, you know, the very first OA meetings, I really thought it was ridiculous, because I was 14 years old and thought, well, I, you know, I'm never going to be like that.
8: And then I uh, went on my way
2: and came back when I was in my early 20s, and again, I, you know, would hear people talk about the progressive nature of their disease, and I still, my mind snapped shut because I thought I was too smart for that, and I would never get that bad, you know, thank you for the information, but, you know, I'm not going to get that bad.
8: And you know,
2: that's the sad part is that um you know if you don't identify in with this paragraph now, um wherever you are in your disease, then you're gonna just have to get worse. It doesn't get any better. And you know, I wanted to um I wanted to think that it didn't fully apply to my life, that I would never do what these people talked about doing who so, I just remember this one woman who would, um, before she shared, she would say, "I'm sorry, I'm going to mention foods because you need to get the point." And I remember what she talked about, and I'm telling you, that's what I did. By the time I did get abstinent, that's where my eating was, and I thought that it would never ever get that bad. I thought that, you know, after doing the steps and after doing um, in a half-assed way, I may add, um, that I would never go back, that I would never um, go back to that kind of eating. And, you know, I did, and worse than I could ever have imagined. So here I am today. Thank you, God, I have not had the desire, nor the, um, you know, I have not picked up a food that would trigger the allergy and the mental obsession for over 25 years. But I'm telling you that I still know that it's in me to do that again. I know that I have decades of life ahead of me and it can be a life full of of truth and growth and spiritual connection, or it can be a living hell because You know, we hear on this line every day of people who spend decades in relapse. And, you know, if I don't believe that that's out there for me, then I'm going to do it. Because if I think I'm better, I think I'm above my higher power, then I am going to be in serious trouble. And, um, you know, this line, we have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Well, who intends? be a compulsive overeater or an alcoholic. I don't know anybody who wakes up when they're, you know, 10, 11, and 12 and say, you know, mommy asked me when I want to be when I grow up and I think I want to be a compulsive overeater who eats out of trash cans, that sounds really cool. No, that is not our dream, that is no one's goal, but I'm telling you this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it doesn't care what my desires are. It doesn't care how smart I am. It doesn't care any of that. But my higher power is bigger than my disease. And that is who I wake up to every morning and say, God, I'm in your hands today. I can't control the universe. I can't control
6: anything.
0: Thank you, Katie. I think we lost you. Reva, if you want to go next, and then Janice. Star one, Reva.
7: Thanks. Can I be here now? Yes. Thank you. Hi, this is Reva, a recovered compulsive reader. When I came to program, I was 27 years old, and I remember when I kind of got to... It wasn't this paragraph specifically, but this idea... Um, at a meeting, I just started crying, and I said, this is not fair. And, you know, why is it? I said, I'm not so bad. I don't have this disease the same way other people do, and I want to be eating. I, you're telling me I'm 27 for the rest of my long life that's ahead of me? I will never be able to pick up this food again? And I was, I was so angry. And people kept telling me. They were laughing at me a little bit. You mean you're, you're happy you haven't destroyed your life yet? You're happy you still have a relationship with your children? You're happy... they thought it was funny that I I wanted to eat knowing that um, I could destroy my life further and at the time I couldn't really understand why they were laughing I was just angry but now I, I realize the blessing of it the fact that I did not go down the tubes so far yet but I am in danger of having that you know because I didn't lose a job as a result of my eating. I didn't lose my health as a result of my eating yet. I didn't lose my children and my relationship with my children. So because of all that, I, am, I feel like I'm more in danger than other people um, of picking up again. And this is why it is so important to keep drilling it into my head. The funny thing is how crazy and distorted this disease is and cunning, powerful, and baffling that when I come to these meetings and people are sharing on and on and on about how how much danger it is to have that mental obsession and it's there and it's going to kick in and it's going to cause me to pick up that food again one day after the mental obsession is there for a long time, if we let it linger and we're not in fit spiritual condition, that's when the thoughts start niggling in my head. You know, maybe this doesn't really apply to me. It only applies to other people. And that is why I find it also so important at the same time as I'm listening to these meetings to continue to call people and to make outreach calls specifically to people who are still in the disease. I need that reminder. I need to know where I can go. And when I I hate to say this, but I'm a little bit, Grateful to people who share with me their suffering. I'm sorry that they're still suffering, but I'm grateful for myself in a selfish way because it really drills into me where I will be if I don't maintain what I have. And it is important to help the you know step twelve to carry the message to compulsive overeaters. Um, it's helpful. It's important for me to do it to help others, but it's equally important for me to do it in order to help myself and to remind myself where I will be if I am not careful and I don't maintain my fit spiritual condition by practicing all 12 steps. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you. And I'm sorry, I guess it was Rita. (laughs) Thank you, Rita. And Janice, would you like to go next?
7: Thank
2: you. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, thank God. Thank God for the strong language. and and the identification in this chapter. In this chapter, more about alcoholism. You know, remember we read back on page 30, the delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. And I believe that what's happening for me in this chapter is that delusion is being smashed. That I am like other people. Because no matter how intelligent I thought I was, in other respects, as far as food went, we were strangely insane. I was strangely insane. You know, my darling husband always used to say, comparisons are deadly. Because what, what they're showing us here is sample after sample of people who are examples of, of alcoholics like us, like me, and their thinking so that I can identify in. But, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a a compulsive overeater of the most critical variety. And at some of these ideas, I balked. I balked. I wanted to find an easier, softer way than what you were showing me. And because I wanted that, I tried to see how I was different rather than how I was the same. So instead of identifying in, I wanted to compare myself out the door. Well, yes, what you're saying is true about you, but how can it be true about me? How can it be true about me? Well, guess what? There was heaps of evidence, heaps of evidence that I was a compulsive overeater. I had much evidence of my compulsive overeating when I became willing to look there, to see clearly that I was like these people they were describing. I was like the jaywalker. And I had also lost my legs and I wasn't going to grow new ones. And I could minimize and rationalize and justify my way into thinking that I could be like other people. And that was the insanity. That was the insanity. Because despite all the evidence to the contrary, I could not always see it. That alcoholic brain of mine, it centered in my mind. And it would say, this time it will be different. This time. It will be different and it was not different. And I got deeper and deeper into the pain and the demoralization, deeper and deeper into the consequences of the disease until finally my head was cracked open and I could see, and I could see that I was like you, that I was like these fellows, and that I had not maybe lost everything but I had lost a whole lot and I was on my way to losing everything. So I'm so grateful for all of these examples, for the passion, for the words that they describe me with strong words, insanity. But how could it be anything less when you looked at my behaviors? And when you looked at my thinking, people would look at me from the outside and say, oh my God, here she goes again. Can't she see it? Well, finally, I could see it because I could identify. And with that, I'll
0: care. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Uh, I heard really? Leia. I heard Leia, and I heard Rose. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. The big book
6: is, you know, so on on the mark here. It says some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us, that such things cannot happen again. I mean, boy, does this big book, uh, you know, it just thumps you at every every angle. Um, You know, they know, the people who wrote these pages, they know that addiction is different than any other illness because only in addiction. Uh, whether we're talking alcoholism or whether we're talking compulsive overeating, only an addiction does the sufferer, when given the opportunity to arrest his or her illness, say, you know what, I'm not as bad. I, I'm really not like that, therefore I really do not have to do those things. I mean, let's be honest, most people come into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous wanting not to stay. But to leave with the knowledge that would enable them to eat safely. You know, people don't want to stay. They want to justify their departure uh, rather than identify in. But the big book uh, and those who wrote this, the recovered men and women who wrote this, they know, uh, you know, what, what they need to speak about. I mean, yes, we, we studied Jim, and Jim was a low bottom drunk. You know, Jim lost his family, and Jim lost his position, uh, and Jim ended up in an asylum again. Um, but, you know, being, in, being uh, in an asylum and being in jail, for instance, and, and wrecking cars doesn't make an alcoholic. What makes an alcoholic is a twofold illness, allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. So it doesn't matter whether you're a low-bottom uh, drunk like Jim or a low-bottom compulsive overeater like Leia Marcus or you're high-bottom. We're going to read about Fred. He's a high-bottom. He still had his business. He still had a warm and loving family. Um, it doesn't really matter whether you're a high-bottom compulsive overeater. Both believe a lie before they pick up a first bite both Jim and we'll read about Fred, both believed a lie before they picked up a drink. So what makes an alcoholic? Allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. What makes a compulsive overeater? Allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. I mean, I encourage you to turn to page 44 It says, in the preceding chapters, first paragraph, page 44, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. Here is the diagnostic test. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, that's because of the obsession of the mind. Or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, and that's referring to the allergy of the body, you are probably alcoholic. Um, So, you know, it doesn't matter, high bottom, low bottom, ate yourself, uh, you know, through violent binges uh, and, you know, (laughs) ended up, uh, you know, having thousands of binges and eaten off the floor and out of the garbage can and ate frozen food or burnt food or stole food or lied about food or purged your way into, uh, you know, worshiping the porcelain bowl like I did or whether, you know, you were uh, in the early stages of of your disease. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is, um, you know, this thing is here to stay. <laughs> you know, let me introduce you to yourself. You know, if if you have allergy of the body obsession of the mind, you're a real compulsive overeater. Uh perhaps you need to test that out for yourself. And with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Leah. Rose, go ahead. Thank you. Star Monica. one. Go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah. I was unmuting, thanks. This is Rose, uh, grateful recovered compulsive reader in New York. And um this this uh paragraph here um it is so speaking to me of where the uh, the mental obsession of the disease is really in charge of the person which it was with me uh where this monkey in my mind was talking. Some of you are thinking, "Yes, you tell us um what you tell us is true." But And I've been taught that anything that follows the word but is a lie. But it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did. And here's another whopper. Nor are we likely to. For we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. Lies, lies, lies coming from this uh, mental obsession that's lying to me constantly, saying, Rose, you are not like these other people. You might weigh 250 pounds, but that's because of some other reason, not because you are out insane with food. And then it goes on, we have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. And then here it comes. Thanks for this information. Thank you so much. I can take it from here. I just, I just, I, everything was that was been said on the meeting is so good. But this spoke to me so strongly, the power of the disease, the power of the addiction. And each little phrase here that came from Bill Wilson um, illustrating, here's a lie if you don't believe that one here's another lie we used to believe here's another lie we used to believe well you don't like that one well be sure here's another lie that says we can definitely i can definitely handle this with this good information you gave me thank you so much now i have my bona fide um excuse to go on eating with that i'll pass thank you
0: Thank you, Rose. And Sharon, let's move on to the next paragraph, please.
2: Good morning. Thank you, Monica, and good morning to all. This is Sharon, a recovered compulsive overeater, so grateful to be on the line this morning. This may be true of certain non-alcoholic people who, though drinking foolishly and heavily at the present time, are unable to stop or moderate because their brains and bodies have not been damaged, as ours were. But the actual or potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and reemphasize, to smash home upon our alcoholic readers, as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Let us take another illustration. So before we go on, let us pause and look at this paragraph so that we can smash it home. We want to get it right down into our gut. We want to really feel this paragraph. Bill does not want us to to move on off of this point. And what I what I this paragraph and what we've been studying and reading here recently. Brings back to mind page one of Bill's story. It says We landed in England, I visited Winchester Cathedral, much moved, I wandered outside. My attention was caught by a dog roll on an old tombstone. Here lies a Hampshire grenadier who caught his death drinking. Cold small beer. A good soldier is ne'er forgot, whether he died by musket or by pot. And so, what happened with Bill and what he wants to smash home with us, Bill had an opportunity before he went down the tubes drinking to stop. There was a time he felt that if he had listened to to, uh, to this dog role, which perhaps he, I don't know if he thought this or not, but what I see it as his higher power speaking to him to intervene before he went down that trail, went down the tubes. And he's saying to us, and he wants, this is a point we wish to emphasize and reemphasize, to smash home the bitter experiences that they've had, that you don't have to go there. You don't have to go to the length that many of us went to. You don't have to suffer because you know there is a power greater than you that is speaking to you right now and is intervening and saying to you, stop your way is not working, has not worked, and will not work. Listen, because the end, the end of where you're going can be spoken about in this dog roll. From those who have died, from those who have suffered and suffered, they speak and say that Our way, your way of trying over and over and over again, doing the same thing and getting the same results, which is right back in the food, right back in the food, over and over, it didn't work. It's not going to work. And until you stop and do something different, until you change and never go back to that way, until you stop, turn direction and never go back, Until then, you will keep getting that same thing. You will keep getting right back in the food. So listen to our bitter experience. This is what Bill is saying. We know a way out. We also know that if you keep doing the same thing, you will stay in in that misery, and it will get worse and worse and worse until, like that dog roll, That's what the end will be. But there is a way out, and you don't have to go any further down. You can actually be where you're at and have a great life and yet know that sometimes you eat out of control. But you know in your heart of hearts that you're one of us. And Bill is speaking right now to you and saying, there is a different way. There is a way out, and then we're going to go on and 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 um, continue to try to hit this home. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, Andy. I didn't. I I heard two people, but I didn't catch either name.
2: Kim A D.
0: Kim A D. Kim, go yeah. ahead. Good
2: morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Tim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. This is so critical. This is so critical. It's letting us know the difference in here, or it's reemphasizing the difference between the alcoholic and the non alcoholic. Because it's saying, you may, this may be true for certain non alcoholics that they're drinking foolishly and heavily at the present time, but are able to stop or moderate. But if we are a true compulsive overeater, the true or actual potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And let me tell you, if I could tell you some stories about my drinking in my 20s, you would have told me to go to AA. I definitely had the classic symptoms. I can match some alcoholics from some of their stories. But a sufficient reason happened and I scared myself, and I never drank again. So if I went to an AA meeting, I would have confused the real alcoholic. In fact, it would have been dangerous if I had gone to AA because I might have killed some people who thought they could go to a couple meetings and then stop drinking and not have to do the steps. And it's very confusing when we see people come into OA who get the diet and come to a couple meetings and get some self-knowledge and they walk out the door and they're fine, and we want that. But they probably, I'm going to postulate they're not compulsive overeaters. If you can truly come in and be told a diet, told a couple sayings, you know, don't drink, go to meetings, keep coming back, all those different things, and you can stop drinking, stop eating, and you are okay, you're not an alcoholic. You're not a compulsive overeater. Because we are being taught in this chapter, what is the true nature of alcoholism? What is the true nature? It's restlessness, irritability, discontentment, Jim's nervous disposition, the thinking of the man of 30 who thinks he can have it down for a certain amount of time and now he's entitled to it, the insanity of the jaywalker. We're going to hear about Fred, who everything's going his way, and he still thinks he can have a drink. That's the true nature of alcoholism. So what is the treatment for that? Well, for years, the treatment was alcohol. Alcohol would make those things go away. And once the alcohol could no longer work, once the consequences of the alcohol was so dire that we knew we were going to die with it and we knew we were going to die without it, we had to find a different treatment for the alcoholism. So as a compulsive overeater, when I put the food down, my problems don't stop. That's when my problems start. When I put the food down, my problems start which is why I choose to pick up the food over and over and over. And now that the food is no longer working, now that the consequences are so dire, I need to find another treatment. And that treatment is the 12 steps. That treatment is a relationship with a higher power. But it's trying to drive home, it's trying to smash home the difference between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. Because if you're not a compulsive overeater, congratulations, you can say thanks for the information and leave the rooms and you will be okay. But for the true compulsive overeater, we are learning here that we are cornered and we are going to be forced, forced to work this 12-step program or we are going to die. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. A D, go ahead.
8: Hi, it's A D. Um I guess I want to say recovering compulsive eater. Um, I, I love this, uh, this reading. Um, I'm a little shy because it's the first time I'm really sharing um, as part of a meeting. But uh, I'm really at who this paragraph is, um, is talking to because I'm at the point where I'm saying, am I, am I not, am I, am I not? And quite frankly, I am so scared. Um, because I am scared to leave because I can see myself as the potential compulsive eater um, i i haven 't hit bottom but but i I, I see this and it it scares me that this resonates so strong within me but I, I see how it it is and uh, i 'm just I just wanted to say that i 'm grateful for for everybody sharing and i 'm grateful to have this meeting and 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 for hopefully getting the clarity, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of writing and a lot of praying over this, and um, and trying to connect with my higher power and working with a sponsor. Um, but uh, I just I wanted to just really thank and say how grateful I am for everybody to be here on my journey for for self discovery and with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Adi. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close the reading. Uh, The meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Judy F., will you please read a vision for you, please?
2: Yes, Monica, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.